the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love this stuff. You love this stuff. Seinfeld is the best. I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Corey. And today we are picking hard for you, man. We are going deep. We're going like three knuckles in, uh, of course. I'm talking the pick season four, episode 12. It aired on December 16th, 1992. Corma man, could you please give us the synopsis? <laughs> you got me with that one earlier, buddy. <laughs> that was a good one. Knuckles deep, baby. All right, the pick. Jerry tries to convince his girlfriend that he did not pick, while Elaine suffers the fallout of sending a nipple-exposing Christmas card. Kramer becomes a Calvin Klein model. Okay, that is very basic of like the A, B, and C storylines right there. <laughs> bing, bing, generic. bing, right there. Yep. And uh, per usual, we start off with a stand-up bit. This one about fashion models. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of applicable. I, I see where he's coming from on this one. Uh, Jerry said he went to a fashion show recently. He goes, uh, the whole concept of modeling is counterproductive to the fashion industry as a whole because when these women are around, who's looking at the clothes? Because I, because I don't notice any of their clothes. We're all applauding. Yeah, yeah. What are we applauding? We're applauding. There's a great-looking woman there. That's great. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm glad I'm here. In in this room with all these great looking women which i'm like okay that's funny anyone can design a shirt it takes real talent to get all these girls in one spot now that's talent what is this uh and then he then he kind of segues into uh what's what's this goofy walk models do he's like you hear he's like you know the walk that they do and he actually does it and and it's mm-hmm. that's a part of the bit him doing it running down the uh, walking down the runway he's like uh it's like they have somewhere to go and he's like then they get to the end and they're like well i guess i'll go back Another prime example of a great, yeah. great first half, and then, and in, in even worse with me trying to describe it because it's all of him doing the the walk is is all the second half of that joke. But even then, it's not that no. great of a stand up bit. No, this one's not. And then the first half, I don't think was as strong as a lot of those no. other times, no. like where you say or, yeah. or when I agree with you. Um, the first half was good. This one was like a. This was an okay first half, and then it real yeah. fell flat. Yeah, an okay first half that just plummeted yeah. in the second half. Yep, yeah. agreed. So, all right. In the episode, George and Jerry, they're uh, in his apartment. George is upset that he lost Susan, which is just ridiculous. God damn it, George! <laughs> we hear every time he's with Susan up to this point, he just doesn't stop complaining. But now that you know he's no longer with Susan. He's upset and he wants her back. I mean, it's it's annoying, but it's so very human. Something mm-hmm. I think we a lot of us can relate to these these weird cycles that we get. It's it's completely unhealthy because when you find the right person, everything will be great. But like we've all sort of locked into these terrible cycles of relationships with people. True, and it's, yeah, I mean, it, it very much goes into that just the human psyche of. You know, I, I almost want to call it of just nostalgia yeah. of, you know, we we the thing the thing that we know is better than the thing we don't know. And, you know, the second you lose it, you're just like, oh, I miss it. You know, and when you really, really think back on something, it's like, was well, that really all that good? Yeah, not really. You know? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. But but we do. We absolutely do that. I mean, we have so. an entire podcast network uh, based around oh, yeah. nostalgia. <laughs> Very true. So. But as I mean, the funny thing is, as if you've gone with, with us, you know, on this journey as as far as we are now, you will see that our nostalgia doesn't always hold things up in in the in, in the most accurate light. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And that's what we're doing with a lot of our stuff. We're rewatching <laughs> it and seeing if it is yeah. any good still. <laughs> so, yeah. If you're not watching any, uh, listening to any of our other podcasts, make sure you listen to Podcasting After Dark and uh, Blast From Our Past and Friday Five and <laughs> Talking Back because all of those are exactly this format. <laughs> it's all nostalgia. It's all yeah. nostalgia based. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Elaine, I love that she calls out George's shit from the bathroom. 
uh, about him not liking her, just all of that kind of stuff, which we just talk, went over. Um, well, Jerry, <laughs> let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What was Elaine doing in the bathroom? Because the door's closed and she's yelling, so you think she's going to the bathroom, but then yeah. she comes out flossing her teeth. Oh, I, I didn't even pay attention because, yes, I absolutely assumed she was going to the bathroom. Yeah, and I, I – so first off, I assume she's going to the bathroom, and, and I know that no – mostly no people, but I, never any woman I've ever known wants to be talked to while they're in the bathroom. I mean, most people don't, right, like while they're actually using the bathroom. But then she comes yeah. out flossing her teeth, so I was like, oh, so she was just brushing her teeth in there, I guess? I didn't even notice, man. That is a weird, <laughs> yeah. weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. So, uh, Jerry recommends that George go see Elaine's psychiatrist friend. And, um, we then get a reference to the model Elaine and Jerry are kind of talking about the model that she sent to Jerry a Christmas card. This is the model from the plane on the last episode. Mm-hmm. And immediately my head went to, wow, such a season four thing to do. You're getting these two episodes back to back that, uh, are just, are a thing. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, it, it's yeah, it's like, yeah, how very season four of you. But yeah, it's yeah. you almost wonder if the mandate was at the beginning of the this season is was the mandate to write these in one mm-hmm. hour long chunks and break them up. And I, I don't know. We don't know, you know, uh, and we mm-hmm. watch a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and they, they talk about these individual episodes, but they don't like say anything about like some, you know, overarching mandate. But for for damn sure this is how this season is and i am now curious to see if if seasons moving forward are the same are kind of similar or if this is kind of like the season four shtick you know yeah Uh, i don't remember it being such a thing later on but we'll see and you know i'm sure we probably already discussed a little bit about it but honestly you know let's save our overall thoughts on that if we ultimately like it ultimately dislike it for our wrap up for the season yep sounds good so Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, they're apparently going out, Jerry and this model. And um, I also, I, I just made a note. I just love that Jerry's eating cereal mm-hmm. in this in this point. You know what? We Jerry and cereal, and we haven't really talked about all of the boxes of cereal that are behind him, um, you know, or in his kitchen. Like, that becomes a gag, really. Later on. And, and yeah. I think just honestly him with cereal and eating cereal. Hell, he's the kind of guy he goes to monks and he orders cereal like that has happened, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and I mean, as as someone who was a huge cereal kid um, and I've actually gotten back into cereal sort of as an adult within the last few months, uh, like, again, this was another thing like all those superhero references like. Who the hell sees a grown man eating cereal on TV, right? Like, like, but this yeah. was another thing that made Seinfeld so endearing is that you you see him doing these things that I could relate to when I was like freaking 12, 13 years old, because he is a 12 or 13 year old in a man's body. It's it's mm-hmm. perfect. And I am with you. I when I when I stopped being distracted by his horrible purple uh, uh, turtleneck, I was um, I was like, oh man, I, I want a bowl. I, did, of cereal I actually now. did. I actually did notice his uh, his yeah. clothing this time. It's it so stood purple. Out. Yeah, <laughs> but it made me want cereal for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, to talk about cereal for a quick minute. I, I was hoping you would. Uh yeah. Well, it's not gonna come out for a while, so. Um, it's not slated to come out until, uh, let me, let me see. End of July, July 26th is when the episode of the blast from our past episode where John and I are doing our top 10 breakfast cereals. (laughs) And I'm in the midst of research right now. And my research now, granted, my wife just pretty much was like, are you fucking kidding me, Adam? Are we really doing this? Uh, we went around one day and bought 30 different (laughs) cereal i love that picture with you and all the cereals around you <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we spent over a hundred dollars on cereal easily and i just bought a fuck ton of cereal because i wanted to retaste them and be like well which of these hold up better like i really want to i don't want to just go on my nostalgia alone i want to that's, that's yeah. what you know we re i rewatched the movies and rewatched the yeah. shows to talk about them so i re eat the cereal to make sure I, I get my orders proper. <laughs> so, so I'm doing it, man. I'm eating 30 cereals, right? And, and we're like just over halfway through and I'm pretty fucking sick of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's great. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, dude, I am 
I, I am so anticipating that episode. Uh, I mean, you know, I've told you for months or whatever, weeks now, I've been like, I can't freaking wait for that episode ever since you sort of announced uh, uh, the concept of it. Um, the funny thing is, I was just on a YouTube show, and yes. by the time this drops, I'm thinking that episode will either already be out or be out soon, but the the YouTube show is called High Spoon, and it's uh, spelled S-P-0-0-N, um, and all the guy does is get high, gets high and eats cereal, like, but we eat the same cereal, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he's in Canada, so I kind of had to coordinate what he could actually get, uh, which was a whole nother thing onto itself, which I found very interesting, because he couldn't get, huh. like, Fruity Pebbles um up there but uh um, like that sounds like the perfect high i know book. and that's <laughs> what i wanted but i went with uh i went with captain crunch instead um okay. and yeah if you guys want to see me on air actively get high as fuck then uh <laughs> i'll i'll post it on my instagram if you guys are following my instagram yeah. at, at cory nation I'll, I'll post links to it and everything <laughs> We who knew we would have so many serial projects going on <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> uh, all right, Elaine kind of quietly drops or mentions that she's dating this religious guy at uh, work. Kramer comes in. We get a small cheer on yes. Kramer, which yep. we we haven't had in a in a hot minute. Mm-mm. Nope, wrote wrote it down. Kramer gets a mild cheer. Yeah, yeah. It was subdued, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, <laughs> Elaine gets the idea of putting her picture on a Christmas card from looking at the one that Jerry got from the model. And Kramer offers to help, you know, and saying, like, hey, come back to my place. I've got all the gear. I can uh, I can film with you. Uh, and he casually mentions, ah, but we got to change that shirt or something. Um, just something that will come back and be important. Yeah, in a of course. But uh, just a nice I, – I do like that they had a little setup onto it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me so, too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, George, he's just, goddamn, he's so depressed about the whole Susan thing. You know, he's kind of getting nice little intercutting jokes of him just kind of complaining. And actually, I think it works really well. And you knew I was going to tune into that one because uh, it's it's the little, like, it's someone else having a conversation and George mm-hmm. is kind of in, yeah, I, I like that. And, like, and, you know, you're right. Like, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It works here for sure. Um, but another part that I loved was when Kramer's asking George, what does what your little man inside of you say? And, and mm. George is like, my little man's an idiot. And, like, <laughs> that's whole conversation about the little man inside you that is so clip show worthy like I, you've seen it on every freaking okay. clip show episode you didn't tune into that one as much that one yeah that one didn't like um strike me as okay. it obviously did for you yeah uh another moment that definitely didn't strike me and it's mostly because i had no idea what the reference was he you know he's he's sad and he starts singing this song mm. uh the song is apparently called the most beautiful girl and it's kind of like this country-esque song about you know losing this this beautiful woman is by this guy named Charlie Rich, but he's singing and Jerry's kind of in the background doing a crossword and just kind of like, you know, it's kind of like oh my god BS kind of stuff. But I, I probably because I didn't know the reference, it it, it apparently reached number one, um, and the the Billboard Hot 100 in the 1973. Oh, so I remember hearing that song on the radio, uh, when I was a kid, but I can't like completely recall it, but I liked the scene because like Jerry was out of focus and George was in focus, but you could see Jerry like, you know, sort of pantomiming and then miming the words as George did it, but in like an annoying, you know, way. And I Mm -hmm. was like, Oh, it's so good. And then just the way that the scene ends with Jerry being like, okay, I'm going to have to ask you to leave now. You know, it's yeah. like it was a lot of times we talk about like a lot of times the these scenes don't end on like a perfect like sort of punchline type of thing. I thought this was a good end to the scene. I, I thought he did that was a good little line, a good little sort of way to, to end it. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. We jump ahead a little bit in time and Tia, the model, is there with Jerry. She's wearing a perfume and, uh, you know, George or not George, Jerry can uh, can definitely recognize, you know, it's it's, it's familiar to him. And uh, it's it's something from Calvin Klein, and it smells just like the beach. Holy shit. <laughs> this is a callback to the Pez Dispenser episode, which was in season three. Obviously, when uh, Kramer went to the Calvin Klein uh, business to, to offer that, that, you know, to pitch that. Um, this one's called The Ocean instead, which is, you know, of course, good, good ripoff. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, so they stole Kramer's idea. Um in a great little scene here that I like a lot where he then hears Kramer 
opening up, you know, Kramer's door or getting home. And then he tries to slyly go and lock his own door because he knows Kramer. But Kramer just kind of he doesn't get there in time. And just Kramer kind of like very great comedy yeah. here. Great physical humor. It's, from- <laughs> it's 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 that classic shot of Kramer trying to wedge his head in through the door. Mm-hmm. And then his head, it's like it's going out what? parallel to the ground and then he lifts it up sort of perpendicular yeah. but you can kind of like tell that his body is still sort of it's you you you've all seen it it's it's like a famous mm. kramer gif that you know it's just it's awesome i i loved it i was like oh this is this episode i was yeah. like ah right okay and yeah and up until that like i love when when jerry gets the realization he's like oh no my friend and then he hears the door he's like oh Kramer and I love just the look of like huh, he's like he's just like he does this great like faux shocked like scared type of thing that mm-hmm. Jerry does and oh my god I love every bit of this scene <laughs> that's good I mean and, and when Kramer comes in he Jerry goes out of his way to try and keep them apart so that Kramer couldn't smell it um, which obviously Kramer wants to like for no other reason he just kind of wants to get close to this person. He, he wants to size up how tall she is. Well, no idea why. Well, in- instantly, like, because because Jerry told him not to. Like, literally, yeah. he's like a, a kid. And, and, and like, Jerry's like, I'll go, gri- I'll go grab the Dust Buster, um, which, of course, mm-hmm. play in, in one second in the, one of the best visual gags I, that I love. Yes. Um, but, yeah. but I love the fact that Kramer, he's like, Jerry's like, you stay there, you stay there. I'm literally going to be gone for 30 seconds. Instantaneously. Kramer cannot handle that and is like, how tall are you? Here, let's see. Like, it's just, yeah. it's because he can't be contained. And that, you know what I mean? Like, and that's it. Yep. And as you called it out just a second ago, uh, when when Kramer starts to kind of smell something, Jerry comes back, kind of pushes them away from each other, and he puts the d- dust buster <laughs> just kind of vacuuming up the air around her, which is just, what a good gag. <laughs> what an owl. I mean, amazing gag i friend because he doesn't even like and i'm sure it was obviously behind the set or something but like he doesn't like turn it on full it's just like a little whoop whoop you know what i mean like he's trying mm-hmm. to like suck it up it's like yeah. it's so good man i fucking love it <laughs> at first kramer can't place the smell so he leaves that apartment heads back to his um but then he figures it out you hear him say the beach from mm. a, from outside of the door which is great and then he storms back in you know he's all upset he could have been a fragrance millionaire, Corey. It's <laughs> good. And when I, when I hear that, you're you're a Parks and Rec fan, right? Oh yeah. Uh, remember um, F- F- Feinstein, Feldstein, yeah, which is yeah. a Jason Manzukis's character on yes, there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he makes yeah. me. It's like that's what Kramer would have turned into if he was a fragrance millionaire. Yeah, I'd have been, I love Parks and Rec. I love um, uh, Jason Manzukis. Oh, that guy is. Awesome and everything. Ev- everything. Uh, me, me meeting him in L.A. is like one of my top Ooh. three favorite things of all time. That's very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Um, so George goes and sees a psychiatrist, uh, the friend that uh, Elaine kind of told him about. Um, and he's immediately just being neurotic George where he can't stop focusing on this zipper that he can't get down. It gets stuck. Now, granted... This is a somewhat relatable thing. Like when this happens to somebody, you're like, are you fucking kidding me? And then, and you, you gotta just like, you can't stop until it's done. You know, she tries to just move it forward, but he cannot get out of his head. And like, you know, in my head, I'm like, George, just sit with the fucking thing. Her time is costing you a lot more money than that fucking jacket. So don't do it. But I totally get it because that is something that would probably eat at me too. Like if I had a jacket that I couldn't, I would just be like, are you fucking goddamn? I would try to like rip the damn thing. Um, in the same in the same vein, <laughs> and then he tries to pull it over his head, and it just gets yeah, stuck. It gets it's stuck. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like we always think of Kramer being, the, or Michael Richards being the the physical comedy guy, but Jason Alexander can do some very good subtle physical comedy too. He he nailed it. He does like especially when it's obviously him getting aggravated or him yeah. being like red in the face and stuff like that. He does a, a, a great a great job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, later, Elaine enters Jerry's place. Uh, there's a great line here by Jerry that I want to call out. They're just talking about um, you know Christmas cards and whatnot, and people helping people. And Jerry says, you know, that's the true spirit of Christmas: people being helped by people other than me. Yeah, like that is such a, a perfect little Jerry. That's a perfect thing 
for this group. Yes. You know, they, don't, they don't really want to help anybody else. No, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, he sees the Christmas card from Lainey. Oh, and uh, is, <laughs> is this the first time that he says, I don't know if it is, but I do love when he calls her Lainey. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is the first time or not. I don't remember, but I do love the way he says yeah. it and and that kind of like little pet name. Yeah, it, it's it's it cute. Is. It's it it's another thing that sort of in it shows that their friendship is is endearing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. So he pretty quickly notices a nipple. <laughs> I think it's as a we all nipple. would. <laughs> yes, um, and she's upset, obviously about the whole situation and Kramer comes in. He didn't notice it. Uh, you know, it's, it's great when she points at it and she's like, Oh, what's this? And he's like a nipple. And it's like, Oh, whoops. And then he kind of realizes what he gets fucked up. I mean, I'm going to call it out, man. Uh, Jerry, Jerry just pulls in to get a third or a fourth party to come in and take a look. And he gets Newman of all people, which is why is ridiculous. Um, which is a wonderful little quick scene of just him coming up, Seeing the nipple immediately, calling it out, and then Jerry basically sends him back out. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is fun and funny. So I do find it a little bit con- not contradictory, but they haven't developed Newman enough yet. One, they haven't developed the Jerry, or they not developed. They haven't like I don't know caricatured the Jerry uh, Newman rivalry enough yet. Even though they've kind of had some of that here, there's no way in like season seven, season eight. Jerry would invite Newman willingly into his apartment. No, no. Like that. And, and yeah. not for this, because uh, Newman has a crush on Elaine uh, later and exactly, on. That's, that was exactly my other part of it, was he so nonchalantly talks about Elaine's nipple, where much uh, you know later on, we know how infatuated he is with her and you know his crush on her. And so he would have like, you know, he would have been a little bit more like George. Now, maybe, maybe you could say the nipple is maybe what, gets him to start thinking about Elaine oh. a little bit more. You know, maybe he saw that nipple and just kind of left, and then he thought about that nipple a little oh. longer. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's actually, damn, dude, that's actually a really good point, because I was really, like, harping on the fact that he he does have a crush on Elaine, but yeah, dude, you're right. Like, if that is, like, quote unquote, maybe a couple years later in, in their time or something. Uh, maybe he's even dating somebody right now and he's not really even thinking about it, but maybe yeah. like you said, that little, that nipples bouncing around in his head and yeah. he's starting to like fixate on her. Good point, dude. That's actually really good. Let's go with that. Yeah. He's probably dating that, uh, that one very cute redhead girl that wasn't his type yes. um, right now. That's probably who he's dating right now. Um, but instead he got, he saw the, the Elaine nipple and then, he can't get out of his head later. That's no. a, that that is what's happening. Yep. That I and you know what I will buy into that one hundred percent. Um, but I, I'm with you, man. I loved seeing Newman pop in, and whether it was like on character or not, mm-hmm. it was still a great delivery of of the joke, a great delivery of the line. And uh, in the behind the scenes, Wayne they talked to Wayne Knight, and uh, he talks about kind of at this point that's this is when they start establishing uh, Newman as almost like a pitch hitter. He's like in the mm. script forms. They're like when they need somebody to do something a little bit extra or they need a third, they, now they're going to start calling in Newman essentially. And he goes, he did say, he actually, he does say in this uh, behind the scenes about this episode, he goes, my only gripe, uh, paraphrasing, of course, my only gripe is that I think Newman would have just taken the the card and left. Like he, yeah. you know, like he even, even very Wayne Knight true. is like, I think Newman would have taken it yeah. home and did bad things to it essentially. Yeah, absolutely. He would have said, yeah, exactly. He would have said, or, yeah, he would have said it's a nipple, and then like just try to pocket he, it slowly. Yes, exactly. He would have pocketed, it, or he would have gone and yeah, grabbed another yeah. one like behind all their backs and just kind of slunk away. Yeah, like yeah. That, that would have been a really good Newman moment. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Uh, so mentioning like really good moments and definite clip show moments, I gotta call out where Jerry and Kramer is like, oh, it's just a nipple. Everyone's got it, and mm-hmm. then they lift up their shirts, and it's just hilarious mm-hmm. honestly it's very funny you know they're showing their nipples now granted yes uh we're now in the in the world of 2020 and free the nipple and all that kind of stuff and you know men can show their nipples and women can't and i'm not going to say what you know should and should not be available i'm all for all the nipples i'm just throwing that out there um but 
it's still it's a funny ass moment to me. No, I I love that moment, and I mean, so far, oof, so far this episode, oh buddy, oh huh? man, <laughs> wow, uh, <laughs> okay, I think you're getting a little too excited about that nipple. Uh, all right, <laughs> and I'm getting too excited about Jerry's nipples. <laughs> they were they were both so hairy, <laughs> Jerry and Kramer. So hairy. I'm not that hairy, man. Me neither, just, dude. Me neither. Oh. <laughs> I just I got I got like a couple of chest yeah, hairs yeah. and they're just they they're they're far apart and they yeah. none of it looks very good no no i'm <laughs> dude that's how i am too man i it's all it's weird because my arms and my legs are super hairy so everyone assumes that i'm like super hairy but i actually have like it's almost like a a skin t-shirt on where <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> with nipples <laughs> oh creepy <laughs> Ah, goddamn! I, I I need to go see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Speaking of a psychiatrist, <laughs> uh, she's now helping George try to get the jacket off. It's not working. She's getting frustrated, and so she ends the session. Um, but before Jerry, George leaves, he uh, sees the Christmas card because this is Elaine's friend, and he clearly notices the nipple. Of, of course, because he's a guy. Now, yeah. a few things. One, the therapist, ah, she, she's been in so much shit. Like, I, I've seen her in so many mm. things, but she's always uh, a character actress type of thing. Um, but uh, it's, I do find it funny, and you mentioned earlier that uh, George is, you know, he, he should be more considerate of her time because she's expensive. Uh, he mm-hmm. did say that his mom is going to pay he did. for the session. I mean, my God, George. But I do, like, what yeah. I find funny, though, is that... Well, I wonder, do you think he's using the session that she said he should go to during the contest? <laughs> and he's I, like, I you know what? Maybe I should go. I didn't before... But now I think it's genius writing because, Mm. yes, George is going to tell his mom that this session was for the masturbation, not for anything. Dude, dude, you're you're enhancing my viewing experience of this episode. And (laughs) let me tell you, I'm already loving it. So it's, dude, bro, good call. Are you out there and loving every minute of it? (laughs) I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. Hey, 
Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your proton pack and your ecto cooler. And maybe some McNugget bars. And now, back to the show. We cut to Jerry in his car, and he's scratching, you know, kind of like the inside edge of his nose. But from his ang- from the opposite angle, it looks like he's, he's kind of deep in there digging. Um, which the model is in a cab next to him and she sees it this way. And so uh, obviously she took it the wrong way. Can I, can I just interject something really quick? And I know this yeah. is going to sound like superficial and whatnot, but she's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. Um, but they tell, you know, that she's a model. I don't felt, I never felt like she was any prettier than any other woman that's Jerry's dated on the show. Really? Like, you know, at least not by hmm. extreme standards. Yeah. I, I feel is that inappropriate? Well, I mean, she, is that inappropriate to say? I, you know, I'm just, no, I don't no, no, know. no. That's not inappropriate to say. There's a lot of models out there. I don't find all that attractive. That, that is true. I actually don't tend to find models to be that attractive. I kind of like yeah. my women a little thicker, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I like them to look a little bit more human. womanly. Womanly. Yeah, a little more womanly. Yeah. You know, yeah, the more feminine curves to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't. I would, but she, she is a definite attractive yeah. person. Yeah, she's definitely beautiful. Um, yeah. But so. yeah, didn't not anything that was like so striking that I was like, oh, she's no, a model. But I, I feel, I feel Jerry's most beautiful women are still to come. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah. All right, uh, we cut to uh, the next day, and George is over with Jerry. Uh, they have a quick little conversation about a pick versus scratch. Um, a uh, great little line from George, you know, I guarantee you Moses was a picker. <laughs> yeah. You know, you wander through the desert for 40 years and that dry air, you know. He says something about you're going to have to cl- clean things out or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something like that. <laughs> I love that. I did That's love fun. that. Uh, Lane comes up, you know, her, apparently her office is now calling her Nip. <laughs> no. um, all this kind of shit. <laughs> George, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's quite, oh, God, it's funny. I mean, and then we get, oh, my God, the most clip show of clip show moments from this episode where George is all upset about not getting a Christmas card. And she says, you want a Christmas card? You want a Christmas card here? Shoves his face into her chest is rubs her, his hair like crazy. Throws up. There's your Christmas card. <laughs> like that is, that's been in like every yeah. clip show I've ever seen. Be- because his hair is like all disheveled and it's mm-hmm. just all of it. Perfect. Just absolutely perfect. Now, my only question is, I mean, really? She didn't send George a card? Like, like I get that, yeah. you know, it, obviously it wouldn't have worked for the joke, yada, yada, yada. But come on. She sent one to everyone in the in her office and everything. I feel like she would have sent one to George. I agree. It is weird that he didn't get one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. That was, I just, sometimes I'm always like, I'm, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, a quest- the, whole, the whole show is about them being friends. So when they do non-friend things, that's yeah. usually the only time that like my like sitcom TV red flag comes up, you know, I'm like, okay, I get other things that you have to incorporate for writing. But like when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm always like, hmm, I don't know about that one. Yeah. My question to you, would you rather get a Christmas card that showed Julia Louise's Dreyfus's nipple? Or would you rather get your face shoved into her chest for, uh, you know, that, that brief little minute? Well, w- w- like the exact same thing, like with clothes the exact and everything? Same thing. Okay. What, what would you prefer? P- if you, if you, the, the if you had the choice, the oh, card. you'd rather have the card. The, you don't want down. the feel. No, no. Because I, I will have that card forever. <laughs> so that's multiple use. Yeah. But, but then you don't have the, the feel. Yeah. Uh, the touch, the feel of cotton, um, you know, with yeah. your face right I, there. I, You'll never know that. I'm a, I'm a visual guy. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all visuals. All right. We already talked about that at the contest. We don't need to talk anymore about that. Um, all right. Uh, Kramer comes into the apartment. He's asking for double crunch, which he kind of mentioned earlier, which I had to look up. I was like, double crunch. Is that a cereal? What is that? So it's not really a cereal. It's a fake cereal, kind of. Um, there is technically a store brand. That uh, that uh, High V, which is a Midwest um, store that they have called Double Crunch, which is honestly a kind of a, um, a store brand ripoff of the uh, Kellogg's cereal called Double Dip Crunch. 
okay. which maybe is kind of what he's referring to. Okay. Um, and and the, and the double dip crunch ran from the nineteen late nineteen eighties to nineteen ninety three, so it would have gone on during this time. So maybe that's what Kramer was referring to. I don't know. I heard double crunch like twice in this episode. I was like, what the hell is that? So I think it is one of the cereals. Okay, I was yeah, I I was thinking something along the lines of like honey bunches of oats. You know, like that's what I was kind of getting in my head. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, kind of, so double crunch is kind of like a. It's, I think it's like a hexagon or some kind of like uh like a honeycomb type of of cereal no it's more like think more like checks okay uh, honey like um honey nut checks have you ever had those yes it's much more like that gotcha. honey nut checks so that's what it looked like yeah okay okay nice so, oh, I'm, I'm glad you right. picked up on that one yeah uh kramer smells elaine who's also wearing the ocean just upsets him even more, the but, Calvin Klein thing. And, and a great reaction from from Elaine, how she's like, what the hell? Like, when he yeah. comes yeah. on, like, just sniffing her, you know? Yeah. I, you have issues when people just come up and sniff you? No, no. I love it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do it at your own peril, buddy. I have not showered today, and I already recorded uh, with Emily <laughs> for why this film. So, uh, guys, I'm a little rank in my little office right here. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. Adam and I are like, uh, uh, what, uh, not 3,000 miles apart, but maybe oh, like 2,000 miles. Oh, no. It's probably, it's probably at least 3,000 miles. I'm looking that up right now. <laughs> Uh, no, you were, well, yeah, I was technically closer, but we are, uh, the shortest route is 2,627 <laughs> miles away from each other. <laughs> so, so, hey, can you smell me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn, Corey, I can. You're, man, you, That's this new, uh, Skype feature right here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. certainly not the ocean. Ah, so, do do uh-huh. ah. So, um. Jerry's trying to get a hold of the model. She won't call him back uh, because and of the whole By the pit. way, that's f- kind of fucking superficial, man. If you don't, right? Like, all right, so let me pose she's, this but, to you. But she's would, a model. Uh, would, I, can, you, I, I would kind of assume some kind of superficiality with her. Okay, okay. But if you, would you not date a person if you saw them picking their nose? Hmm. <laughs> You're like, how many attractive knuckles? model for. If she's a successful, attractive model, I'd allow a pick. Okay. Okay. I'd allow picks. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> oh, God. So, all right. Um, he calls Tia's agent, uh, which is obviously a sign of the 90s because, like, the agent just tells <laughs> tells them immediately, oh, she's over at Calvin Klein. And so they, they go to head up and see her. It's like, wow, that's how fucking people got stalked and, you know, their stalkers found him and killed him. Like, yep. not cool. Yep. So, um, Susan and George are at Monk's. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, nice yay, yay for monks. Yeah. Um, I think even Ruthie Cohen's in the background, which is nice. And um, Susan wants, you know, she wants something more stable. She wants, you know, them to have more in common, which George makes up one of his total BS George moments of uh, Louis Pasteur, uh, who created pasteurization, had, was, had nothing in common with his wife, who is at the house killing cockroaches with boots on her hands. Like, where the fuck did this come up from? And part of my problem with this whole relationship and with this moment, Susan is too smart for this shit. She's a fucking exec. Well, she lost her job, I think, but she was an executive at NBC. She was so, you have to be intelligent and you have to, you know, be well put together. And she falls for fucking George and she falls for his shit too. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. I mean, I, I the only thing I can say about that is daddy issues. She's got to have some kind of like daddy, like daddy, like. So wait, you mean wait. you mean maybe her dad's a a, a pent up um, closeted gay man? I mean, yeah. I mean, we 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 know that she obviously yes. has you know some kind of daddy issues, but they, and I'm not smart enough to kind of like you know deconstruct this, but it's got to be something to do with that, right? Like she has, she clearly has no self worth. I guess is where it comes from. Yeah, I guess so. And it's no a shame so because yeah. I, I don't ever hate Susan. I, I at least not right no. now. Up and up until this point, right now, I don't ever hate Susan. I, I'm no. just all I ever wonder is what the fuck you're doing with George. Well, it's just it just makes it unbelievable. Yeah. A lot of this show, even when they're doing stupid stuff, is relatable. Yeah, this I just don't find this one very relatable. The only thing so. I will say of why she may fall for him, he 
George seemed very sweet and sincere uh, when he was kind of talking to her about it. And at the end, he kind of gave this like cute little smile type of thing. Like, I think I'm right, you know, and she and that's what kind mm-hmm. of brings her into it. And and in that regard, I can see why she would fall like fall back into him right now type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's I mean, the way he treats her at the end, though, is a piece of shit. But we'll, we'll get to yeah. that in a second. Well, I actually was going to kind of move on, but please go ahead. Oh, no, no. I mean, at the end of the episode. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah just, okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. Kramer, we're at uh, the Calvin Klein offices. Kramer busts in. Um, you know, he's kind of confronting Calvin while Jerry and Tia awkwardly kind of go out and discuss um, the whole pick, no pick kind of situation. Um, and I want to say Calvin Klein, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know who the actor was. I couldn't recognize. Um he plays Kramer for with a like like a fucking fiddle yeah. right here. Yeah. He just he just immediately just kind of like starts kind of sizing up Kramer, which is great. Yeah. Um, we cut to Elaine at Pendant Publishing, and she's trying to explain the whole nip to this guy that she likes the whole the whole situation. Um, and then she gets a call from her sister Gail. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so her sister she, comes back around. Yeah. Yep, she's all you know. Elaine, obviously, her her nephew. She's got a nephew. Saw the nip, uh, and and you know, gr- this is. I love this line. I gotta say, where you're just hearing it one side. You're not hearing Gail's voice yeah. at all, but you just hear Elaine's side. And you know, it's obvious that the kid took the uh, took the the thing. And she's like, "Well, did you check under the mattress?" And I'm just like, "Oh, we all know. We all know what he's doing." <laughs> it's, and especially in that era, as someone who yeah. grew up in that era, probably because she said her nephew was like 10. So I was probably only about four years older than that kid at that time. You, There was no internet back then, guys. There was no Google yeah. to just Google boobs, right? Like I'm telling you 70% of my life before I turned 18 and could just buy porn, 70% of all of my free time. And then some of non-free time was spent just trying to find some kind of nudity, just one nipple, yeah. anything, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. so I totally, I feel that kid, man. I totally, did you ever like legitimately hide anything under your mattress? Oh yeah, I had one piece yeah. of uh, Playboy. Like, like one kid would always bring one to school, and then everyone would get like one sort of page out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had, I had that. Wow. Yeah. How nice. I'm like that guy must have been a hero. <laughs> he was. He was a hero. <laughs> Whoever you are, guy, you were my hero as a kid. But yeah, dude, I had yeah. some shit under my mattress. Yeah, I had a. Uh, I remember it was kind of a maroonish cover, um, but I had a penthouse. And Penthouse was a lot dirtier than Playboy. It like was, you, dude. It you was. You saw and, all the goods. And it got raunchy. Like, later on, it got even more raunchy with, like, full penetration and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Penthouse yeah. really uh, was. You, were, a, you were hardcore, man. There was a, a neighbor um, who, an adult neighbor who uh, uh, gave it to me. Oh, that's, <laughs> I, that's not good. <laughs> no, not like that. Not in a creepy sense. Um, he was just, I mean, he was just, he was a friendly, like, family friend who was a neighbor. Okay. Um, <laughs> We, we both, we, we had like, porn. Ho- okay. <laughs> no, I mean, he's like, you know, he was probably like, I don't know. He was like around my mom's age. Um, but this, you're not making any of this better. How old were you when he's giving you porn? Let's just, no, let's, I'm like, I'm let's, like, let's unpack this. How old I'm were you? I'm like 12 or 13. He was what? not, he was not. Yeah. I was like, maybe 14. Um, but he wasn't like trying to, there was no, 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 nothing no, I, nefarious. I, I get, I get that there's nothing. He nefarious. was just a family friend, like being like, Hey buddy, let me help you out. Here's, here's a penthouse for your, you know, okay. have fun. Okay. Sure. No, it's, I it's mean, like, it's like, what it's like, you know, like having a, um, like having your uncle give it to you. That sounds great. No, <laughs> your eyes are so wide. No, this is all bad. This is all of it bad. There was nothing inappropriate. No, I, I totally get that. But <laughs> the fact that he's giving it to you is also inappropriate. He, well, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. I mean, he is but the coolest friend. He, he's being like the cool figure that you've ever had in your entire life. I yeah. get that. But it ain't good. It's not good. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <sighs> All right. I want to go. I want to go from that to uh, Kramer's sublime buttocks. Um, and we are. Uh, he's at the uh, Calvin Klein place. He walks out with briefs on. And his just. His mannerisms, his physical comedy here. I mean, granted, he's not like doing anything over the top at this at this exact second. He's just walking around doing like the model walk and he's being so Kramer. And you're having these people being serious, like, well, quote unquote serious. I, I assume maybe they're serious talking about Kramer and his like, you know, unique, interesting look and his sublime buttocks and just 
all this kind of stuff. And then you get that great physical humor where he kind of slides <laughs> off the round side of the, the office. It's a, this is a sublime moment for Kramer. And just Michael Richards' comedy in, in Seinfeld. And uh, he leaves a streak of body, like, like paint or, you know, because he's got, like, makeup on his body. And he leaves yeah. a streak of it on the wall. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I will say that Michael Richards uh, behind the scenes said it was kind of, though, a little hard uh, being in your underwear in front of a studio audience. Oh. And, and he said even worse was uh, the writers, like, right then and there kind of retooled some of the dialogue. So while they were doing that, he kind of just had to stand there in his underwear, you know. But he said he was, like, thinking to himself, he's like, well, I mean, I get this is comedy. I'm in my underwear covered in makeup. You know, like, it's just yep. this is, I guess, the height of comedy. <laughs> But it's great. Yeah. I mean, again, this is another – him sliding down like that is another clip show moment right there. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised at how many how many of those moments we've had already. Oh. I, it might honestly be – we might I might be changing my vote because we do this every now and then. I might be like raising up another little spot here just to how much I've talked about it. So yeah, bro, and I'll okay. I'll just I'll just say it now. It was going to be a part of my closing speech, but I'm just going to say it now because it's irrelevant. It, it's relevant. Whenever I think in my head of the pick, I do I never think it's this chock full of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. I'll elaborate on it later. Yeah. I just okay. I I can't believe it. All right, um, Jerry is you know confronting T- Tia about the pick, um, and then he says some kind of funny stuff. You know, he talks about you know he's kind of you know basically yelling at her while she's. She's leaving him. That relationship is over. Um, and he's just like saying, are we not human? If we pick, do we not bleed? I am not an animal, uh, which are, is two different references. One of them, the first one, is a reference to the Merchant of Venice, the Shakespeare play, which is, if you prick us, are, are we not human? If you prick us, do we not bleed? And then the other one is, I am not an animal, is uh, a reference from the Elephant Man. Yeah. Yeah, which point, which so. I knew the Elephant Man part with the I, I'm not an animal. I assumed that the first part was all with it. It's, it's yeah, weird. No, two separate. It's yeah. it's weird that uh, it's weird to make two separate references like that. Do, right? I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I went and I actually watched the clip from Elephant Man to make sure that they didn't reference the Shakespeare thing also in Elephant Man, right. which they did not. OK, um, okay. so it was it was specifically two separate ones that they combined. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it, it, it uh, was it was funny. I liked it. You know, I like how the yeah. crowd is in is you know behind sort of behind him for a second. You know, I yeah. like that. And then and then we get another like almost a similar type of line where Elaine is talking with that guy who is kind of you know all upset and he ends up kind of leaving and and she kind of blasts him being like you know I have seen the nipple on your soul yes, yeah. like and I thought I thought that was a reference to something. I even looked up you know, but apparently it's not. That is a Seinfeld. Uh, original yeah <laughs> i love and i love that line i almost think that that's also a clip show one too i think i've seen that one mm-hmm. as well it's it's a good one for elaine it's a good elaine line yeah uh at monks george explains that he uh he made a mistake with susan god damn it and uh you know he we had there was a quick little scene where he was like yeah. walking upstairs with her whatever it was a throwaway well it's it's uh, it only, well, not really it, throwaway it only goes back to him saying whenever he walked her stairs he dreaded it yeah. it always felt like he was like walking to his death or something like that yeah, yeah 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 so um so he got that same kind of feeling and so you know now he doesn't want to be with her and apparently he said he used the pick to get out of the relationship which is a nice little Throw back, you know, a use of the pick. It kind of brings that back as something humorous. But also, again, God damn it, I feel for Susan, as you mentioned. Just like, what an asshole. Fuck that guy. God damn, George. I mean, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, I, um, this is not the worst we see of George. No. You know, this is, he no. really wasn't all that bad in this no, one. No, 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 no. I, I, I actually d- didn't think he was, like, that bad here in particular. But, I mean, that's yeah. still, like, a God damn it, George moment, you know, overall. And yes. what he does to Susan. Yes. Uh, all right. So Kramer comes in uh, with his underwear ad and uh, just a funny little flip of the script. Elaine is like, oh, wow, I, I, I think is that your and then they cut to the stand up. So it's either his twig or his berries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, which is which is funny because that's that's almost apparently an Easter egg because the story of the nip 
in real life for the writers happened because one of the writers took a picture and like in his testicle was out or something like that. Same uh. sent, like same scenario, but with a guy versus a girl. So it's it's funny mm-hmm. that they actually were able to incorporate that into the Kramer aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, that's good writing. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, end up with a uh, the stand up on the human bodies. Mm-hmm. The human body uh, is a lot of maintenance, a lot of showering, a lot of shaving, a lot of cleaning, a lot of clipping, a lot of checking. If your body was a car, you wouldn't buy it. <laughs> that's, that's that's true. Um, it's too much upkeep. Uh, but he's like, but women definitely go to the absolute extreme. He's like, it's amazing the way women take care of, of the hair on their bodies, uh, uh, like every hair on their bodies. Like one of the great mysteries is the fact that a woman could pour hot wax on her legs, rip the hair out by the root, and still be afraid of a spider so fucking relatable because my yes. wife is terrified <laughs> of spiders and i have to go and and you know try to rescue the spider get it out of the house yada 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 but but yet she can do insane things to her body you know for for the quote-unquote looking good or whatever and uh it's yeah, just like wow and, this stand-up landed so much better yes, this yes, is a good one yes it fucking landed bro <laughs> yeah um, I'll start us off this yeah, time if you don't do. mind. So I I ended up having to stop this episode more than usual, only because there was a lot of references to things that I had to, like I was trying to look up. So I think that kind of maybe just hurt my initial um enjoyment of it. So I, that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna just fix my rating right now. Um but I loved the bring back of the beach uh, from that episode, like you know, I mean, doing doing like these two back to back stuff is fine and it's good, but like when you call back some stuff, like I don't need uh, Seinfeld to be like you know a, a serial drama where you have to watch epi- every episode to understand the next one. But when you add in just a reference that that it kind of um, it, it enhances the viewership and it also rewards people who have been watching from the beginning. It rewards and makes those kind of jokes better, and so. Uh, I really, really appreciated that. I thought the pick situation was relatable and funny. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the kind of dumb stuff that most adult type of humor isn't going to talk about. But Seinfeld did. It's a dumb thing. Like, how many other sitcoms out there did nose picking jokes right. like this? Yeah. And it was dumb, but they did it in a smart enough way. And it was funny. And it works. And we all know they're fucking, they're man-childs. And that's partly why it works, why they can do some of that dumb stuff. Um. You know, this episode, I, I, it's not it's not going to rank on any of my highest stuff, but it it did give me a a higher rating than I was expecting. I I don't it's similar how you mentioned. I don't think the pick and be like, oh, wow, the pick is definitely on like the, you know, top third or, you know, top quarter of all episodes. But I'm going to start thinking that now. Yeah, I'm and not even thinking I'm going to know that now. Um, and so I gave I gave it a four out of five uh, sublime buttocks. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, dude. Um, going in going into this episode, and you know, obviously looking at the title, okay, the pick. You know, obviously I remember what the pick itself is about, but mm-hmm. I was slack jawed by how many of the Seinfeld stuff that I love, the personal references that I enjoy, like what does the little man inside you say, stuff like that. I could not believe how many are jam-packed into this episode. I was like, holy shit. I was I was blown away. Um, it's I think that the writing is just tight. Uh, like what you said, I love the fact that that you get this little enhancement. It doesn't you not knowing about the original, you know, uh, uh, the beach or whatever, like it, it's not going to take away. You you get what Kramer, yeah. they tell you everything you need to know in this episode. But if you've gone on the journey this far, it's going to give you that much more, uh, you know, impact when when this happens. And and I thought they did it great. It was it's a great payoff. And everyone had something to do. It was a lot of fun. My truly, my only gripe is that the first stand-up was a little bit weak. Not not mm-hmm. the worst that we've ever had, right? Like, it wasn't the worst stand-up. But the fact that the final stand-up, I think, is one of the best ones we've seen so far, at least this season, as like a single sort of Seinfeld-ism sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, man, I am blown away by this episode. And here's the funny thing is, 
because I know I have this like sort of strict thing. Like I will give a perfect episode when uh, a, a perfect rating when I see a perfect you know beginning and end stand up. And I was gonna give this episode four point five, but you showing me like what was it was the 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 whatever we tuned into that we i i loved uh it's weird we just talked about it like 30 minutes yeah. ago <laughs> but my brain it's just it's so yeah I, you, you you enhanced my viewing of this episode and uh, i like oh talking about the the newman uh love yeah, triangle that go. kind of uh, yeah, that and, kind and, of stuff and just the fact that we had newman in it was great but then the fact that you and i came up with some sort of fun plausible scenario that for me worked Dude, I, I mean, like, I can't, I can't not give this fucking five fingers up the goddamn Woo! nose. It's I love You're, this. I already loved yeah. this episode. Talking to you about it offset the imperfect opening uh, stand up for me. Okay, so this is this is your current favorite episode that we've had so far, H- higher than the contest. Yes, man. and wow. I and I can I tell you, I am just as surprised as anybody else. I had no clue going into the pick that there was going to be this much of the shit that I loved about Seinfeld in it. Yeah. That is a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. I, I mean, I love it. It's great. I'm, I'm so glad that we sort of, we got here. It's yeah. in so far this yeah. second half, this back half has been fucking fire ever since, uh, uh, the, the yeah. contest and then the airport yeah. and, and it's been pretty, pretty damn consistent yeah let's hope it stays that way let's hope it stays that way buddy (laughs) yeah well you know what is consistent Hmm. the beef op network (laughs) and you can tell us all about your consistently awesome shows right now Yes, yes, I can. Uh, you can hear me talking to our pal Zach about cult movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s on Podcasting After Dark. Uh, we just we talk about movies like The Stuff or like uh, Night of the Comet, but then we also talk about stuff like uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairland. And uh, we also interview people like Jeanette Goldstein, who played Vasquez in Aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also hear me every week talk to our pal Tess about uh, comic books. And, and you've been on, on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast you've been on there john's been on there uh uh, uh, tim and dean have been on there uh the only people i haven't had on there yet are uh brent and eric from friday five so i'm going to try to do that asap um but yeah you can find all those plus anything else adam is about to tell us about on the bfopnetwork.com that's bfopnetwork.com and buddy adam what shows do you got going on well on the bfop network as you know we like to call it uh the shows that i have going on besides Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, are Throwback Trivia Takedown, which is a uh, trivia bi-weekly, as in every two weeks, um, just because it's my third podcast and I don't want to go weekly on it. It's a lot of work, guys. Um, and uh, we do nostalgic trivia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Please check it out. You know, it's it's fun. We try to do... We're John and I are both uh, trivia buffs. We really enjoy that. And so we try to give legit trivia questions, but about pop culture, um, so it's like anybody who enjoys good trivia and enjoys the 70s, 80s, 90s, make sure you check it out. And then uh, the podcast that you can hear me most on, well, other than this, well, I have 120 episodes of BFOP, so of uh, Blast From Our Past, so definitely the most on, uh, is Blast From Our Past podcast that I do with my brother John as well. And we talk all things nostalgia, but it's all centered around music, TV, movies, and uh, top 10 stuff. Um, and as we talked about before, apparently breakfast cereals as well <laughs> that we're going to be coming up with. I can't so. wait. That's that's the one I'm most excited about. Uh, yes. And if uh, if you're new to Cartwright and you are looking for the first couple of seasons, our entire back catalog is on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Cartwright uh, for just $1. $1 a month, you unlock everything. Plus, uh, we also put um, the the episodes up there kind of a few days early if I can get if I can edit them mm-hmm. early. So and you, ad free and ad free, which is always nice. Um, but yeah, so one dollar uh, get our entire back catalog, and uh, it helps you know support the show. Uh, helps keep the light on, server costs, you know, the usual yep. things to to, uh, to run anything that's online. Uh, there's always some sort of cost to it. So we really appreciate all the patrons that we already have. Thank you guys mm-hmm. so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. We love it. And thank you for the reviews, the, the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Those are fantastic. Uh, we love them. Keep them coming, although it does seem that uh, Spotify is going to be the big winner at the end of the day. Uh, did you see yeah. that uh, 
um, they picked up Joe Rogan uh, exclusive. I did. Yeah. I did, which is the number one podcast. Yeah. So RIP well, Apple it won't, Podcasts. <laughs> well, maybe, but it's it's not going to be the number one podcast anymore just because it's not being as diverse. And so that means, like, I, I honestly don't use Spotify to listen to stuff. Um, I use a, a podcast catcher called Podcast Addict. And so now some of those other shows aren't going to be as easily accessible onto that. And so if you really love those shows, you are going to have to shift to Spotify, which is totally fine. Yeah. But there's probably going to be some people who are like, well, fuck it. I don't want to change my thing. You know, I'm kind of one of those stubborn assholes who are like, I don't want to be forced. Don't tell me to have to use Spotify. And, and I might just be stubborn enough. And I and I totally I, I, I feel that I would be the same way if I wasn't if Spotify wasn't already my main uh, uh, music thing. So like and I even pay for the, you know, the 15 bucks a month, you know, ad free thing and everything. So I'm, oh, wow. I'm a full Spotifyer, you know, so okay. we'll see what happens. But hey, uh, the, the five star reviews on Apple podcasts always help. They, they really do help. So thank you guys so much. And and uh, we will see you guys next week with the movie. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.